Uh, yeah. Yeah. Is this a little, a little too loud? A maybe. little too loud? All yeah. right. All right. Let's roll with it. All right. Better? Uh, I don't know. I just sound like a little bit muffled, but I'm sure it's fine. Okay. Sound good to me. Yeah. Cool. Um, what so are we talking about? It's, it's a whole new year. Whole new me. Um, I'm going to be the same me this year. Yeah. I tried that shit in 2020 <laughs> and it didn't go well for the, really the whole world. So I'm just going to keep being me. Personal yeah. improvement is for losers. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far, no, th- but it's I certainly not right. for me. I can tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, it, it implies that you weren't perfect before. That's true. I That's didn't true. mean to imply that I've improved. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is a new me. Whether or not it is better or worse remains to be seen. It's only January 2nd. Yeah, There's plenty yeah. of time. In the same way you can't, you know, step into the same river twice. You know, it's different, different water. Yeah. You yeah. can't, you can't uh, step into me twice. Different me that you're stepping into. <laughs> if you step into him once, he, he will probably kick your ass. <laughs> uh, depends on, on the mood. Yeah. You know? Before my coffee, oh man! Uh, don't, <laughs> oh, don't don't even don't step be, into me before I've had my coffee. <laughs> it's gonna be a John Woo flick. Yeah. Speaking of which, you guys see the uh, the new Matrix? We did. Hello, friends. We are about to talk about the Matrix Four, and there's not really like any big spoilers, like plot spoilers or anything like that. It's just a discussion of kind of the franchise in general, and you know the feel of the fourth movie. So. If you haven't seen it and like you don't want to really know anything about it, then go ahead and skip ahead about to the 11 minute mark uh, when we start talking about something else. Um, But, you know, uh, we don't like give away the ending or anything like that. So anyway, bye bye. Actually, when you say step into me, I'm now imagining I think it's in the third Matrix where Trinity is shot and neo just like sticks his whole fucking hand into her and like oh to get the bullet pulls out the bullet yeah out. pulls yeah. the well he, but he, and he also like gives her her heart like a little oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah he's like a little massage he's like, yeah he's like, like, boop, boop. like see this on. is the thing people bitching about the fourth matrix maybe have forgotten how ridiculous the first 3 actually were like there was a lot of silliness and yeah. absurdity in the first three matrixes yeah. um and so like i don't know i think if any i think the fourth one needed to be sillier and like it, it's very much kind of a parody of itself. Yeah. We have a trajectory we're going on, and yeah, you have to, you have to go there. because like a lot of people have asked me whether or not they should have watched the second or the third Matrix. Uh-huh. A lot of people consult me before watching, you know, like really any kind of media. Sure, They're like, sure. should well, I? Should I? Yeah, and no, Brittany's the expert on media. Nobody wants my fucking. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Nobody well, ever asked. Well, they, they, they don't. They don't. They don't want to hear the hard truths that you're going to give them. It's like it's nobody true. wants to listen to an epidemiologist yeah. about right. COVID. Yeah. No, yeah. No, they want to listen to the know. my pillow guy. Yeah. 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 yeah, And I'm the my pillow guy of movies. All right, and I and Jesus Christ, who is also a lion, told me <laughs> personally that the fourth matrix is good and you don't necessarily have to watch two and three in order to get four but you should probably read the wikipedia pages on them it rewards but it does reward it i think it does because there's a lot of little like kind of uh wink and nods back to the the first three movies and you know um i I should say like i love the matrix one of my favorite film franchises i saw it when i was like the first one came out when i was a kid it's one of the first movies that I like remember seeing in theaters. 
And uh, at the time, my mother and I were both in ta- enrolled in Taekwondo classes. So oh, that was yeah. really fun for us. Oh, hell like, oh, yeah. um, but I, I think that like, if the fourth one had been a very serious treatment of the storyline that picked up where it left off. And I, I think that if it took itself too seriously, it would have many, many more people would have disliked it. Yeah. And they would have had a lot of technical reasons for disliking it rather than what's turned out, which is just that, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of laughable and it wasn't what they were expecting. Yeah, I, I definitely remember the movie. I even remember the movie theater I saw it at. It was a Sheridan AMC uh, in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, and it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a romp. You know, it's a great movie. <laughs> Two and three, I think, watched on DVD in college or something. Yeah. You know, um, we've watched the Philosopher's Commentary on all three. We have several times. We watched the Animatrix. Wait, which philosopher? Uh, there's Cornell West and this Buddhist guy whose name I never remember. I never remember that guy's he's name. Not, he's, he's goofy. I don't know. Um, it's very fun. Yeah, nice. Because Cornell West is in uh, two and three. Yep. Oh yeah, I he, forgot he's, about that. He's a um, like a the city council member council. or something. Yeah, he's <laughs> on the Council of Zion. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Council yeah, of Zion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I gotta say. Um, Entirely too little Lawrence Fishburne in the fourth movie. Um, I was not reading up on what was going to be different in mm-hmm. this movie, and I was pretty much disappointed in every scene where, with a complete lack of Lawrence Fishburne. Um, yeah, let that man rest. We need <laughs> yeah. to let we need to let Lawrence Fishburne rest. He's like doing blackish now. He's like he's just like doing his own thing. It's very seems like a lot of low effort work which he deserves after all those cadillac commercials that he had to do <laughs> he he was like, i liked the new morpheus i liked the guy who yeah no morpheus. he did great i thought, he did, I great thought great he did great yeah he captured the essence of morpheus but again just like sillier <laughs> and i liked it. it was it was everything that was the first the, the original trilogy but just sillier and that's fun yeah it's like uh matrix resurrections or how i learned to love the matrix and the pods <laughs> Also, uh, oh, 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 colon Neo gets his groove back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really, it really was. No, this was that. this was a movie about how like um, uh, meat cutes can can power the world. Yes, uh-huh. um, yes. and uh, we could defeat climate change. Yeah. If we just and, like and fossil fuels, if we could only have enough meat cutes. Yeah. Well, the the trick is you gotta like encourage meat cute edging. Yeah. Like right. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah. You can't ever cute let edging. the, the yeah. meat cute, you know, actually fully consummate. <laughs> right. Like Okay, so he, Green New Deal, right here, right now, we recreate the movie uh You've Got Mail. Right? But they never they never touch. Yeah. You just yeah. never fucking know that they yeah. that in fact uh, the guy that in the big corporation that wants to put the little bookstore out of business, they never actually, yeah, like maybe no, one of them they, like just can't retrieve their password, and so like they never really get to the planning <laughs> stage, yeah. but they're just always sort of brushing past each other, <sighs> right? Permanently sleepless in Seattle, yeah. <laughs> never going to sleep again. Coma in Seattle, that would be a, that would be a coma. <laughs> well, no, no, that's if you're never sleeping mania in seattle yeah insomnia yeah. insomnia in seattle <laughs> uh guilty heads um they, they ain't got no comfy <laughs> <laughs> you know 
Never gonna sleep again. Guilty got no comfy. All right. Wow, I, I got, I got, right. I did not understand where you were going with that, but then as soon as it clicked, it was very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, no, I, um, uh, I, I also liked, uh, the fourth matrix. I called it delightful on Twitter. I feel like that was, I, I stand by that statement. Uh, I don't want to distance myself from that statement. <laughs> it was a romp. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a romp. It was a good time. Yeah. I watched it in two parts. Because it was too long. It was long. a little long. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was good. I mean, you know, I, I, I finished watching it. I mean, like, it, it, it entertained, and um, I was, like, generally satisfied, like, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. We need to reduce our expectations of film and television. <laughs> like, that's... It, it, maybe. I mean, that was the theme of the movie, right? It was like, yeah. it was like reduce your expectations for everything. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, you know, um, don't save them. And that's how they I'm don't going into saved. 2022. Yeah. Just, just, just expectations absolutely on the ground. Yeah. No, I really, I think the one, the, the thing that uh, they really beat you over the head with in the, in the movie is that choice, the choices you're presented with aren't really choices, right? They're just, um, they want you to feel like you, you decided for yourself the current predicament that you're in mm. uh, and that that is actually wrong. And um, yeah. I thought that was actually a really, uh, a good, uh, uh, moral. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good moral to, to give people right now I mean, is free- that like all of your choices are false. Free will versus determinism has always been the central philosophical argument of the matrix from the very, very beginning. Um, and e- even down to the fact that, we like all of these people are elements of an equation like equations are static they're stable they end in a certain way they balance in a certain way mm-hmm. like neo you know his it, who who always believed that you know fuck that i have free will was just shown over and over again that that wasn't true mm. um so seven times to be so you're seven so, times you're so much smarter than me because i always thought that the moral of the matrix was whether or not there was a spoon yeah i thought i thought it was like uh <laughs> whether or not i thought it was whether or not computers totally invented the taste of strawberries yeah <laughs> but yeah no i i mean the 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 uh the whole le- learning to 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 jive with the uh machine that turns you into a battery to suck your life force yeah. um it, it it was a it was a, it was a strange flex but but okay yeah it's you know it's kind of how we all settle for the fact that we live under capitalism yeah. i'm going to get my treats yeah i don't like it but if i'm going to be stuck here i'm at least going to have my treats <laughs> which w- maybe that's a good time to start talking about one of these new york times articles that we put in the show notes yeah. oh we, we got we got some new york times treats oh we got some new york times treats we, we have a new york times treat about <clears throat> treats so just first just right off the bat this new york times article if you're on mobile it has the cutest little gif at the top they've really gotten quite clever with this kind of thing oh um, nice but yeah. it's the angry Face emoji that's blowing smoke out of his nose. I always thought that was triumphant. That's not the blowing that, smoke out of his nose. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, and you're blowing like oh. like a like a bowl. Oh, that's a beautiful know, like interpretation. Yeah. I always thought it was like triumph. You know, like yeah. I I, I think it's anger though. Okay. I, th- I, <laughs> I think it's like fury. This, this one is yeah. This one's definitely like angry. Red. I, I yeah. think it's all about it's all about context. Though. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, so the- oh, it should say it also like there's all this shit flying behind it of like uh, hand sanitizer, toilet paper, a sign that says masks required, syringes, yeah. uh, 
some I'll, orange I'll, thing. Yeah, some of the stuff I'm not so sure what yeah. it is. That looks like a dildo a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to guess that that's probably not it. I, I'm going to say it is. Okay. Well, there we go. Agree to disagree. Uh, and so the title of this, this article is, A Nation on Hold Wants to Speak with a Manager. Oh. In our anger-filled age, when people need to shop or travel or cope with mild disappointment, they're devolving into children. Now, I think... One thing we should probably get out of the way is that this is basically coming to fruition, uh, like the Matt Chrisman theory of like America runs on its treats. Yeah. And as soon as you take away the treats, like this empire will fall. Yeah. And um, and th- this is basically just going through like the first you know, like serious cracks in that. It really is what it seems yeah. like to me. Interesting. I think maybe it's a little bit more complicated than that in the sense that it's not really like you're not mad that the treats are gone. It's that the treats are, a, like, the, the fight over the treat seems like a proxy war for, like, just everything else that seemed, that you thought was, like, so, like, tough and resilient is actually just paper. And we just, like, see how much shit just falls apart instantly. I, I also think it's, like, the treats have been a stand-in for control over our lives yeah. and, like, the ability to, like, choose anything because so much of our lived experience is completely beyond our control um, mm. in much the same way that like a child, um, you know, children are a, a, a huge frustration of being a child is that you don't, don't get to decide anything. Like everything is decided for you by some higher authority, by your parents, by your teachers, whoever. And so when you want a treat and you're told no, and you have an absolute fit, a meltdown in the grocery store, screaming, crying, um, it's not really for the child. It's, I, it's not so much, and this is like, I've heard child psychologists say, this isn't like me, my insight, um, that they can't have the thing, the toy or the candy or whatever. It's yeah. that they just want to exercise some fucking agency over their lives and they can't. And I think that we're seeing just adults do that, having that exact same reaction, which is like, no, at least I had 17 kinds of toilet paper that I could choose from. <laughs> and now they're saying that I only get to take one toilet paper and there's only one kind. Un- unacceptable. Because I am going to give myself diarrhea because the only thing that I can choose is all the things that I'm allergic to that I eat anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's still around. Somebody's so I'm gotta going, eat all this cheese. I am going to ruin my toilet. Yeah. Big yeah. facts, man. Yeah. Big facts. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely right on. Especially since, like, yeah, the consumer realm is where we still get to exercise, like, a lot of choice. Where it means, like, you, you're stuck in your job, you can't, uh, you, you can't choose that, everything's, uh, land is so expensive that you can't really choose where to live, really. Uh, or like what you rent or what you own, you can't. Yeah, there's like all like really important choices are have been off the table for years. Yeah, if ever uh, under under American capitalism, and so the what you did have was yeah like the cereal aisle, and now the cereal aisle is gone. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and, uh, and people are people are pissed. Um, this uh this opens with um. A quote from an employee of a of a grocery store: "Have you seen a man in his sixties have a full temper tantrum because we don't have the expensive imported cheese he wants?" I haven't seen that. Yeah, well, but I imagine many people working at grocery stores have. Yeah, they they say that their their mood is angry, confused, and fearful. You're looking at someone and thinking, "I don't think this is about the cheese." Yeah, yeah, and it's not. It's not about the cheese. 
It's not. It's about American empire. Just like when somebody throws a fit on a plane because they can't get their tiny little bottle of $7 vodka. It's not the alcoholism. It's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's probably, it is the alcoholism. The alcoholism. Yeah. But, you know, the alcoholism is also itself a product of, you know, this fucked up um, world in which, you know, everything that you do is predetermined. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be a better world on offer, or at least like the prospect of it being just around the corner. I think that that's probably leading people to like some pretty, like, if not existential dread, just sort of like malaise with their existence. They're like, fuck. Because conservatives aren't really offering much that's new or better. the, The nature of conservatism is that you are returning to, to a golden age. Yeah, yeah. yeah i mean it's not like uh it's mostly about like not no more erosion of the things that you consider to be your rights and freedoms right we're going to stop that mm-hmm. and liberals can promise the world and then not deliver on them at all mm-hmm. um and still have an army of twitter accounts telling everybody <laughs> that if you're mean to joe biden then you know you're a russian republican <laughs> so <laughs> um i definitely think that that the at like abject failure of our like duopoly of you know the elites that rule this country is like left most people without a feeling of anything better on the horizon um and that's true for i think every single person across the political spectrum mm. and yep. that is because we live in a dying empire <laughs> like that's what it is to live in a dying empire yeah that and you know the 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 very short term prognosis of um uh coronavirus not you know going away in any real way like yeah. has got to just be like an extra weight wet blanket that everybody's you know like tr- <laughs> carrying around on top of their face yeah it's like yeah which w- sounds refreshing right you know like a wet thing on your I guess face if it's like hot yeah yeah if it was hot like, out yeah. a wet blanket might be nice on yeah. your face but and if and if it's if the bl- wet blanket is warm that's actually like a nice feature of like first class on an airplane <laughs> but uh we we have none of these things no no I, that's not the scenario right no i, I think i think that the other thing that's uh, overlaid on top of this it's not completely different but it is like this uh expectation like you've never so many people walk around having had no real um imposition put on them right you know you live uh you know you live out in sedona with like a you know like a nice ranch house every single uh service industry professional like has to wait on you and your beck and call you make enough money that uh in a uh, you know in your uh small business that everyone has to listen to you know you're a little petty tyrant right and right. now here comes a a global phenomenon like an issue that directly impacts you which never happens changes your whole life yeah changes your whole life and that shit never happens yeah because you, you because it's it's there's a privilege of just being apolitical and just being like, oh, like current events are things that happen to other people. I don't pay attention to that. I pay attention to my business or whatever. Right. And now that it has, like, that is just earth shattering mm-hmm. to some people. I don't really have a lot of pity about it, but like. Well, for that specific, like, uh, you know, uh, caricature. You yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easy to yeah. not have pity for that. Right. This is a very unpitiful character that I've, 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 I've construed. And, you know, there are shades of it. Yeah. Right. You know, like, we're, we're all kind of on a spectrum towards like that that pole but like uh i'm not saying that that person yeah. is polish i'm saying that you know it's like that's a, it's a part of the end 
Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's like, that's just, uh, um, yeah, uh, no one's, no one's handling any of that very well. Yeah. And at as, all. as far as like the more pitiful end of the spectrum, like how many people lost their homes to like wild storms, fires, like tornadoes. Yeah, a, thousand, a thousand homes burned down in in denver yeah and in suburban denver it, like last week and then it was earlier uh, this month. extinguished by 10 inches of snow yeah and yeah. then <laughs> earlier this month we had the tornadoes yeah that, like, you know yep. through kentucky yeah. and like like two other states that were like freakish and you know long duration and you know the entire like western southwestern chunk of canada was on fire for like months like you know the vibes are fucked yeah yeah no i was i was mainly thinking of like people who like take flights for no reason you know people who are like on a flight and like are told to wear a mask and like no one's ever told me to do anything since i was 10 and like they flip the fuck out like i I think that's i think that's mostly like a a kind of economic privilege but yeah you're right like there's just or there's like the thing where um was this a while ago i think this might have been also a chapo episode but it was something where like um trying to dissect why people flipped out over the uh the szechuan sauce uh mcdonald's sauce i remember that right and everyone flipped out and like and the the argument is like well i was like if everything goes fucking wrong in your life right and you're just like stamped down by your boss and your girlfriend left you or whatever you can never make enough money all these frustrated expectations and it's like here's a fun thing where you can get like sauce that everyone's talking about and you can't even get the fucking sauce like the greatest country on earth can't deliver a limited edition sauce to you (laughs) is like that that, like like what is this all for and you get and there you can kind of understand where the anger comes from yeah and there and in that case there was the added nostalgia that like one of the reasons that it was in such high demand was because a lot of people who are our age remembered having it as a kid and really liking it and so it's part of their happy meal. Right. Um and I think that we're seeing a lot of nostalgia right now as well that is driving people absolutely fucking crazy. Because you have like your brand, you have your thing that you buy, this is the thing that you buy, you've bought it for years. It's the type of toothpaste that your family uses. Sure. And then you can't get your toothpaste. And what? that's sensodyne's out. <laughs> Now you realize that you're living in the Soviet Union. Like this yeah. is what it's like to live in the Soviet Union is you can't get your toothpaste. But, but really yeah, though, fam- like that famously. was that was really the only thing that we were able to like differentiate. Well, besides the fact that like people, you know, didn't have to pay rent. Like you're right. and they all had healthcare and yeah. like, you know, got to go to university for free and had a guaranteed job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Well, and like gulags. The, yeah. Yeah. And Lot, gulags, lots of, of yeah. purges. The, we don't the, have we, any kind of no, similar we have system. Nothing like that. No, no, no. Definitely not a high no. incarcerated population for sure. No. But yeah, right. Like that, that was it. That was, those were the kitchen table debates where like Nixon was like, look at our grocery store. And, and then like Khrushchev <laughs> was like, and then, and, then Khrushchev, and then Khrushchev was just like, yeah, but every, no one is homeless. And it's just like, but the TV dinners. And it's like, no one gives a shit. Like, no one cares. Oh, man. So I haven't read this article. Uh, did they go on to uh, elaborate on any of the other reasons why we're all acting like frustrated children? Um, you know, one... One of the points that they bring up is the, is this like instant gratification culture that has gotten so much worse in the age of the internet with things like Amazon and on-demand streaming where it's just like uh, – and, you know, DoorDash and whatever else that like we have 
we have have culturally set a cultural expectation that you can have whatever you want whenever you want it you know one day shipping endless uh options and quantities and mm-hmm. um that like when that is just like ripped out of your you know your society uh it's very difficult to adjust to that i think that even those of us who are maybe not kind of serious consumers are are even surprised by how much of the convenience of the last 20 years has sort of been disrupted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think I've talked about it previous on this show, but the whole phenomena around the Xboxes and the PS5s, that shit just like blows my mind because that is just something that is so... I don't think you have talked about this. No, no, I've talked about oh, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically, oh, okay. there's a chip shortage, right? Right. Everybody's, I remember the chip you know, shortage. Worldwide. Chips, yeah, worldwide. Chip shortage. Like the best chips, the fastest chips. The best. They're in high, they're high be- demand. They're so beautiful. Low supply. This is, um, this is the uh, uh, salt and vinegar chips. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like the premier, you know, um, uh, next generation, they call it, uh, consoles, the PS5s and the Xbox uh, Series S and X, um, especially the X, which like has the disk drive. So mm-hmm. if you have any previous games and want to play it, you got to wait for that. Those have been since their launch in November 2020. So now over a year, <laughs> yeah. completely unavailable. Yeah. The only way you can get them is paying more than double MSRP online. There's no waiting list you can get on. They have very limited um, uh, new inventory drops that are now events that if you want to have any chance at getting it all, you need to like sign up on like a Discord server to be like notified in real time when like Walmart gets like a bunch on their website. And then you have something like five seconds to log in to your Walmart account and then get it. But the issue is Walmart and GameStop and Best Buy have now like gotten ahead of the scalpers not in a way to make it easier for consumers but a way to scalp themselves so the only way you can get their inventory is if you sign up to their like game plus plans which end up being like a minimum of 12 months at like 40 dollars a month so you end up having to pay the same difference between msrp and like what you can find on ebay but to best buy or gamestop or you know uh walmart or whatever so these things are practically unavailable in super high demand. Apparently they're good, which is to say like everybody who does end up like either luck of the draw, getting one at MSRP or actually buying it for twice its value on eBay or whatever. Um, uh, the street prices it's called, uh, even though none of this is happening on any streets. Um, the virtual streets. Yeah. It's happening the on, the, on the digital highway. highway. Yeah. 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 The mean, the mean streets, um, of the super highway, uh, of walmart.com. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. everybody that has them is like, they're the shit. Like they, they have super fast load, uh, times. Um, they, you know, have really good graphics performance. They're like half the price of like a gaming PC, like even a budget gaming PC. Um, and so for all these things, like they're still in high demand, but the supply has been shunted for more than a year. And so the thing that's happening within the industry is that like, they're getting all fucked up on the manufacturer of the game side because they're making these games for a new generation of consoles that people 
don't have yet because they <laughs> right. can't get yeah. it. And so therefore they're playing, they're trying to like allow the game to also be played on the previous generation console, like with people who have the new one so that they can like play online together and but stuff. Of course the old console isn't optimized the, to play this game. Correct. And so all these, uh, like 10 minute loads. Yeah. There's all these yeah. like, uh, you know, memes that are going around on TikTok and, and uh, Instagram and stuff where it's like the PS4 is like, like, you know, has like eyes and a mouth, and it's just like, I'm trying. It's <laughs> <laughs> like having like an emotional breakdown, and the person playing it is like just looking really guilty and like stressed out and like bad on behalf of the console. Anyway, God, um, even our consoles are stressed out. People <laughs> make fun of like people for lining up to buy an iPhone the day it launches, but holy shit, I mean. Yeah, imagine yeah. if they're paying eight hundred dollars for a gaming console a year that, after it comes out. Yeah, that's just crazy. It can't be that good, you guys. I'm sorry. Well, the thing is, it's just like it's good enough that this has become stabilized, and this also goes with the whole theme of everything. Is that like the manufacturers and or like the higher up powers that be in our society could have totally alleviated so much human effort at trying to secure what like this, this sounds really silly but let me just take you uh, take, take us there take us there the amount of people in america and the rest of the world that are spending say two three minutes every couple weeks trying to buy this thing right and like when there's a drop they get like a text or whatever and they try to like do this or whatever they just immediately drop their baby and, and well, like start <laughs> like, like ordering you know the amount of people that are doing this it ends up being like millions of hours yeah. of human effort like across the whole planet all of these people like are trying to do this thing if they just had a fucking wait list right if they just had a wait list and it was like, <laughs> you know, who else had a wait list? <laughs> the Nazi. <laughs> the, uh, the, the UK, uh, uh, medical system. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Canada, I mean, like Canada. lots of things have wait lists and it's totally fine. But it just would have eliminated so much wasted human effort. Yeah. Just as like a tiny snapshot of just like one specific thing. And that, I don't know. It's just like, uh, it's, it's odd. And I know the reasons for it, et cetera. Um, this whole, you know, uh, COVID being really the, the biggest one. Um, uh, it, yes, but it's still honestly surprising. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, um, that like such a huge industry, like you have to understand video games are so much bigger than Hollywood. Oh yeah. Like yeah, of course. the video game industry is something like 400 times the revenue of all Hollywood combined. It's international in a way that Hollywood is not. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, and just like more people work on games than work on movies by like orders of magnitude, like in the whole collective effort of humans making entertainment. Like yeah. gaming is huge. And the fact that like th this is just, this is emblematic, I guess. Yeah. So I think the final component of all of this is that, um, and it's perhaps the darkest part is that there is in this country a a large differential between like blue collar and service workers and like white collar and office workers. And of course, include in that your ski-doo salesmen and um, you know, your middle management types. And that second half of the country or second, you know, chunk of the country is used to treating the first chunk like servants. 
people are used to being able to go into a store or a restaurant and always, you know, the customer is always right, um, expect deference from the employees there, uh, nothing but cheerful, helpful, you know, little, little drones. And for the first time, um, one, employees are being tasked with telling customers that they have to do something, which is a kind of new phenomenon. Like, um, like putting on a mask, putting or on a mask, staying six feet apart, going whatever, one yeah. way down the aisles, yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and people are really not appreciating being told by the help what they have to do. And then the second is that because of, you know, the supply chains and uh, product shortages and everything, um, customer service people, uh, people who work in sales, people who work at grocery stores, wherever else, restaurants, are constantly having to tell customers no. Because they don't have it. They physically don't have it. They physically can't get it to them. So on top of being told what to do, you're also being disappointed in ways that you are that you are not accustomed to. The supply chains that bind. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is leading people to treat these workers like absolute dog shit. And, you know, this uh, New York Times article that we're going to put in the show notes is like full of just examples of that. Um, and towards the... Uh, I guess towards the middle, but one one thing that, you know, the author writes is, if employees are now having to take on many unexpected roles, therapist, cop, conflict resolution negotiator, then workplace managers are acting as security guards and bouncers to protect their employees. And we've seen lots of that, right? Wow. Also, baristas should be armed. Baristas should absolutely be armed. <laughs> armed with baristas. Yeah. Dig away all guns except for people who work in customer service. Yeah. yeah. They're the only people allowed to have guns now. Um, here's just one like really good example at a specialty grocery store in Traverse city, Michigan, a manager named Shay O'Brien was recently accused of being unable to read by a customer enraged that a kind of fish advertised as being discounted had sold out. In another instance, Mr. O'Brien said a a man who did not want to wear a mask verbally assailed another employee interspersing personal insults with an impromptu soliloquy about liberty and tyranny until the employee began to cry. Wow. And so we'll use that to bridge into kind of the next conversation about like how COVID has affected the economy Mm -hmm. because a big part of that effect is you know, the people on the front lines, which is, you know, obviously we think of nurses, um, you know, and hospital workers, hospital general, workers, like, Irish fishmongers, Irish, <laughs> apparently, but it is, al- it is also like people who work at Target. Yeah. Um, and this is, I guess, the right time to just acknowledge, like, Chris, you were just saying off mic that uh, we are now at higher viral rates the four times yeah, what you, we were at the peak, the first peak of this pandemic. Yeah. Or, or, or and the second and the, peak, yeah. which was the biggest one for New York state. We had something on the order of like 19,000 positive cases per day on like a seven day average. We're currently at like 87,000. So we're more than four times higher caseload of like actual known infections um, in people who uh, previous to this, we're quarantined for at least 10 days, right? Yeah. Um, and that this is, you know, um, like people have been using the phrase out of control since this all began, but like it is only going up. 
And like, this happened over the course of like two weeks. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. last spike. Yeah. Like yeah. it happened during almost this break overnight. that we took from making the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> we had talked about Omicron like on the second to last episode, I think, as being like, well, you know, this is a thing, you know, people are warning about it's coming out of allegedly South Africa. Um, but, you know, like people are imposing like lockdowns and stuff and like who knows how it's all going to work out. And I was definitely of the opinion when we first brought it up that I was like, you know what, we're not we're done with this. We're not doing any more uh, lockdown stuff. Like, like it seems like the government has just like given up and, and they have, and they have, like that's still the case. Right. But that is resulting in like extremely high case numbers. And the curve is like not even close to plateauing. It's like still like vertical. Yeah. Um, Like every day it seems like it, it just like almost doubles. Yeah. Yeah, Here's some, some numbers to run down in New York state. Uh, the 14-day change is 334% increase. In New York City, it's 581% increase Jesus over 14 days. Uh, in Rensselaer County, that's where we are, 99% increase. To um, So, we're not quite as bad as some other parts of the state. Yeah. But no, no. It so, is still quite bad. In yeah. the Al- Albany metro area, it is 112% increase, uh, which, uh, which is... Um, Still below the daily case per hundred thousand uh for the rest of the state we're we're about half um that, but that's because new york city is new york city is it's is, gonna is is just getting blown out of the water again yeah like like looking at the at the graph for this like like it's is just they like you just change the y axis completely like the y axis just has to be completely yeah like 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 quadrupled to to fit it. And there was this, uh, I saw this one graph from analysis of Boston's um, water and sewage system. Mm -hmm. And it makes the first two, because they measure like viral load in the sewage system. And it makes the first two peaks look like like anthills. I mean, yeah, like they barely stand out. So like, you're talking about poo and pee, right? Poo and pee, yeah. Yeah, Well, poo, I don't think you pee out. Well, maybe you poo. I I think it's in the poo. I think it's in the poo, yeah. Yeah crazy covid poop yeah which was it was an early detection system mm-hmm. that people were playing with i think it was in um phoenix they were they were they were doing it works really well i don't understand why you you can you can calculate a pretty good like you know prevalence rate w- with that i don't know why we we doing didn't do it, more of it, doing it based but. on testing is so stupid because like different parts of the country and even parts of the state have like wildly different levels of access to tests yeah. and, and our tests suck and our tests suck. Yeah. And now yeah. people are doing these rapid tests, these at-home antigen tests. They have and like 30%. They have a 30% so, yeah. false negative rate. Well, like, the, people are putting out on social media, like, discovery methods for positive cases and different testing. Like, um, like swabbing the back of your throat. Yeah, instead exactly. Of your like, people yeah. are, like, innovating how to take a COVID test to make it more effective. Yeah. At finding like for the rapid ones, which is pretty um, cool. Yeah, which like, is, that's that's some that's some science right there. Yeah, and it's just I mean, being assuming like, they're right. Yeah, like, no, right. Well, I, I mean, and this isn't being one, pushed by the CDC. The CDC's yeah. pushing like, hey, get back to work. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Right. Five like, days. Yeah, like, um, uh, oh man, all the memes. Um, yeah, I saw a, a funny one that was like, CDC says you no longer need to, need to wash your hands for sixty seconds. You can just wet the wet the fingies. <laughs> I thought I thought of one the other day. It was uh, the CDC says cats can now have as much salami as they want. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, I'm it, off Twitter, so yeah, otherwise yeah. I would have tweeted that. Well, hey, okay, good for you. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, for a week. Or, you know. Well, you know, it's part part of the detox. Part um, of the dry uh, January detox. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it, it's it's good for you. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just you know we are in this position where, as a collective, especially like the state's authority, has just stopped trying. Yeah, like they're just like you know no more checks, no more you know lockdowns. Just you know, just get the vax, and if you don't uh, get the vax, and you're killing your whole family. And, and you deserve it. And, and yeah. you know, like, good riddance to you, all of you, including Bye-bye. the five-year-olds. Um, yep. But I think that also, uh, I, while we're talking about the fact that, like, the state has, you know, thrown up its hands and been like, well, what are you going to do? And um, <laughs> it is what it is. It, there's an element of, like, you know, thinking about the whole culture war stuff around the vaccine. That, you know, made me think, right? Because like I've talked about on the show before, I think the biggest crime associated with the vaccine isn't the fact that it's here or even mandated, but the fact that uh, it's a profit center. And because it's profit center, there is a artificial scarcity that is being created, which is to say, if we didn't treat it like a profit center and we just straight up gave it away to everybody in the planet who wanted it, we might, and there's asterisks around might, have been able to avoid the Omicron variant. We might have been able to avoid any forthcoming mutations because of just the fact that if we aggressively vaccinated people, the the incident rate would go down and thus potentially the rate of mutations, et cetera, et cetera. But now that we didn't do that, now that we have like just this reality of only really rich developed countries having the vaccine at all, really in terms of like um, availability and it uh, not being nearly as effective as we would have hoped in response to the mutated variants. And the mutated variants, like, getting around the vaccine, like, these so-called breakthrough cases becoming extremely common. Yeah. Like, it makes this whole thing of, like, okay, well, if you look at the numbers of survivability, like, you know, heavy case versus light case, the vaccine still has, like, an overwhelming uh, value add. And thus, like, I'm happy that I've taken it and I would encourage, like, my family and friends to take it. But the whole moralism about taking it, I think, is just like a dead argument now. Like, which is to say, like, the unvaccinated population in the United States is not the reason that we have four to six times higher prevalency of this virus, like, in our current situation. It's the fact that the Omicron variant happened. It's vaccine apartheid. Beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah. And um, therefore, let's just maybe let that whole culture war element go to rest. And like, let's just sort of. But that's the thing is that's what we have to cling to, right? Because we don't have anything else because we don't have. And here I'm saying we I'm a lot of I'm mostly talking about like the liberal punditry class and like the lip and like liberal Twitter and resistance Twitter, because that's my only exposure to people who think this way. Mm -hmm. But like. You can't make a critique of a corporate interest. It's too difficult to reconcile it with your base worldview, which is neoliberal. Yep. Um, and so we cling to the culture war narrative because, first of all, it's so easy. Like, it's so easy to do, especially when you have, like, anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers and Trump supporters just constantly showing their fucking ass. It's a spectacle in the most, yeah. like, basic sense. And so our attention is drawn to it. Yeah. Um, And because it is such a, you know, refusing to wear a mask is such a, like, 
base selfish act. Like it's such a just remarkable kernel of just like selfish greed and like uh, lack of lack of care for anybody around you. And so it does. It it naturally draws the attention. Um, I agree that it's not, you know, the the reason that we have Omicron is not because 40% of the country refused to get vaccinated. That's that's not it. It's because you know, the rest of the world is just mutating this virus like crazy because they don't have vaccines because we're keeping them for profit. But I, you know, there's also one thing that I've been really, really struggling with, and it's very controversial. And I see people debating it all the time is like the question of the virus now being endemic mm-hmm. and the, the fact that, you know, that is increasingly clear that that is the case. And there's a lot of fear that that's going to lead people to being complacent, uh, uninterested in continuing to take safety precautions, uninterested in quarantining, um, sick of taking another booster, whatever else it is. Because if we say that it's endemic, then it's just here and we just have to deal with that. And I'll just fucking catch it, you know, I'm, but I'm, but I'm going to go live my life. And especially now that the CDC is saying shit like you have to quarantine for five days and then just go back to work. How long are people going to accept the line that you have to go back to work regardless, but you can't have any fun, you know, get your ass back in the office. But if you go to that holiday party, you are killing grandma and you're a terrible person. That's just not going to jive for people any longer. I think also compounding on it is the, the kind of weird, um, it's like sort of like cosmic uh uh um not, gumbo? not gumbo i wasn't gonna say gumbo <laughs> uh uh irony that um that the omicron variant does seem to be milder in a lot of respects yeah they say they're There's, still coming out with it but yeah, i think that well, they're maybe holding back data on it because they don't want everybody to just say fuck it let's go get it yeah i mean hospitalizations are way up hospitalizations are up but um there's significant research that shows that it stays in the upper respiratory uh um tract and doesn't go down into the lungs which is why people the hospitalization rate while high is maybe because lower of per the, capita or yeah, whatever, yeah it's way 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 lower per capita um for the omicron variant and that's i i'm just i really think that's going to turn into something where like see i got it and it was just a cold why yep. is everyone just like Absolutely. freaking out about a cold well i mean that's definitely the opinion of literally everyone i know who has gotten it yeah. like recently yeah but that's to say i don't know that that many people that have gotten it recently like maybe eight but like you know i was in a group chat with somebody um who was like yeah and uh my partner's father just passed right and so i'm like well fuck it's like still it's still potentially lethal it's still potentially like long covid like life-changing organ damaging yeah i have a i have a family friend who got it and has long covid she had parosmia for a while which is where um everything that you smell or eat or drink tastes like ammonia or sewage or rotting meat and that's a neurological dirt. thing it's right? neurological damage yeah um and if it doesn't go away after like a year then th- there's a good chance that you will always have it it's perosmia it's called perosmia i think i'm pronouncing it right perosmia or perosmia wow um and that's freaky like, we're seeing a rash of suicides because that's people are told that this they're is, never gonna have taste again they're never well it's not it's not that you don't have taste it's that you take a drink of water and it tastes like raw sewage 
Now, not everybody who gets it has that like, yeah. dramatic. Some people just don't taste anything or some people it tastes like metallic or whatever. Yeah. But there are like, and it's, as, you know, who it's especially happening among who? is young women. What? Are getting this. this How young? Uh, like in their like 20s and 30s is what la- the last thing I saw about it. Um, and there's a couple of TikTokers that I follow who have it. And um, like, it's just a lot of them crying and like trying to eat food and describing what it, I probably shouldn't be subscribed to them because incredibly depressing and terrifying. But um, there are fates worse than death. Like, honestly, if I had to choose between like dying and a life of everything I put in my mouth tasting like raw sewage, I don't think that I would, that would be a life worth living for me. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Could I mean, you spend the next 60 years with every drink of water you take tasting like shit probably mm, probably like couldn't be me dog <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i i understand what you're saying uh just like on a personal level though i i treat like food already really utilitarianly yeah, like i just like yeah. cook up like the same breakfast meal every day and just down the hatch and like you know just get the i'm a fire need to put the fuel in just like constantly yeah. kind of deal um uh but so I could, I could deal with that. But then again, some of, you know, the most pleasurable things in my life and like my hobbies and stuff involve culinary and like, you know, making beer and stuff. Yeah, you wouldn't taste any of your beer. I'd have to your do Your beer some, would taste like vomit. I'd do some different stuff for sure. It would change my life. <laughs> but I don't think like I would be like, you know, on the whole, this isn't worth it anymore. Because there's just, there's, there's so much, so many video games to play. Yeah. You know, there's so, there's so many um, uh, things to build. There's so many, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, if I could get, if I could be on a feeding tube, yeah, that'd be fine. I think that that might be what people end up doing is like trying to like just destroy their sense. If, if, if that's the thing, if you were going to be constrained to a life of just constantly smelling sewage forever, I'd like probably just like start doing inhalants that would fuck up my, my neurological stuff like permanently so that it didn't smell like sewage at all <laughs> i think they are trying to like develop some treatments that uh like disrupt you know your olfactory signals but um i don't know man and what, what's the um the percentage of people that are getting this kind of thing is it uh, like it's no very idea. small it's it's pretty it's very small um but i mean like almost half of people who get covid get some form of long covid so it's like it's like 40 percent or something I, I saw 10 to 30 10 to Jesus. 30. I saw, yeah. I saw earlier that it was 40%, yeah. but I don't know. The number changes all the fucking yeah. time. We're getting half a Yeah, we're getting half a million cases in the United States per day, and that's probably going to double in the next four days. Yeah. So yeah. that's a lot of people that have a 10% risk right. of long term, yeah. you know, um, sickness around this. So, and 1,200 people are dying every day. Yeah. Jesus. So, um, this CNN article is about how that's going to affect the economy, (laughs) 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 which is actually really fucking bad. And it's not, I shouldn't say it's just the economy. I should say it's like the running of the country. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the productive effort of human beings. When you have this many people who are sick on a short term basis and then even so many people who are sick on a long-term basis. Yep. Now you have staff shortages in ERs and in hospitals and yep. in the medical industry generally, because obviously those people have such high exposure that they're getting very sick. Um, the uh, Cincinnati, their fire department had to, um, they declared a state of emergency because they had such horrible staffing shortages. Um, you know, it, it's like every- Essential workers, they're essential. 
And like, if they're all sick, like the fire department doesn't work. Yeah. All value comes from labor is it was, you know, before there were essential workers, there was, (laughs) there was was a labor theory of value, right? And it's like, you can't, you, yeah, you can't uh, run a society when everyone's sick. That's a big surprise there. Right. And and you can't, uh, and the, the, something that could have been saved, you know, so because now we have these antiviral pills, right? Literal red pill. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a red pill. Think about it. Uh, right, it's Pfizer, right? They, they uh, came out with that. Merck has one, and yeah, maybe it was Pfizer. There are a couple. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. But the, the uh, you know, even you know, like a human has to. Several humans have to be involved in the production of those fucking things. Yep. You and know, transport, and, and the transport, and administration. administration, inspection. Yeah, yeah, all of that shit like can't can't happen. I don't know. These all seems very basic, and yet somehow. It well, seems it like people running the country didn't figure this out. Self-quarantining for 10 days, get the fuck back to work, because we <laughs> right. got to do all this essential That's shit. That's really, Fauci said, uh, this was That's so, this was so transparent. Now, yeah. he said that they had to be realistic about what people were willing to do. So, implying that they reduced the quarantine time because people wouldn't stay in a full 10 days. It's such bullshit. It's such bullshit. Do they not know that we all know that Delta sent a letter to the CDC like five days before this pronouncement asking them to cut quarantine in half? Yeah. yeah. Do, do, do they just really think that we're that stupid, that we don't know that? Delta Airlines, not the Delta variant. No, not, that, no. That, that, like wants to like catch up. Yeah. Although the, it would be very sneaky of the yeah, Delta variant. It would be. <laughs> very, very sneaky. That would be so sneaky if they yeah. used Delta Airlines letterhead. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh. wrote to the CDC. Yeah. And let's also remember that Delta, the only major U.S. carrier that's not unionized. Yes. So that's not a coincidence. It's not a quinky dink right there. And now these teacher unions all over the country are fighting with school boards and like state, uh, state school boards and local ones to not open class. Yeah. And they're losing all of these battles. Yeah, the 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 um, superintendent for I think it was like a Massachusetts school. Yeah. It was like saying it was like, like oh these once again the Massachusetts Massachusetts teachers union is trying to keep your kid keep your kids from learning or something Which like that. Which we know is to the is to the to extreme detriment, detriment yeah. of students. Like so is like so not is dying. dying. So is, so is <laughs> yeah. not being able to taste anything. So yeah. is like having like scarring in your lungs, you or know? or the guilt of killing your parents at the age of ten because you were a disease vector. Yeah, like you, know, I don't yeah. know, like all of these things. Uh, yeah, your grandma dying because yeah. you gave her COVID. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty scarring. And now I just recently, but probably most people saw this. It was really making the rounds, but um. So epidemiologists calculated that if you walk into a room with 20 to 25 people, there's a 95% chance one that them. one of them has COVID. Because now with the, the Omicron variant, like the six foot distance rule doesn't matter. Nope. That's, the that doesn't matter. The 15 minute thing do, doesn't it can, matter. Fleeting, cha- fleeting yeah. encounters with people. If you walk past somebody who's only wearing a surgical mask and you're only wearing a cloth mask and some of the air comes out of the side of their, like it's, yeah. it is so fucking easy to catch this thing. Yeah. Coughing so- in a elevator. And then leaving, and then someone else coming in. That will give you co- the, this Omicron variant. So, it, it, if awful, it seems that this is a new stage of it all, wherein, like, this could either be the beginning of the end of our response to COVID, right? Like, this could just be like, well, we're not doing any of that shit. We're not doing lockdowns. We're not doing quarantines. We're not doing. We're doing lots of testing. 
and we're going to, you know, respond within days to tests. But outside of that, basically get to work, keep, keep it going, et cetera. Um, and I wonder how much, how, like, I wonder what the upper bound of how bad this could get is, which is to say, like, if this is a lower lethality virus, et cetera, apparently getting it isn't creating any autoimmunity um, anyway. Like, people are getting it twice, three times. Natural it, immunity is not very is, effective. It is not a thing. So, therefore, the idea of, like, a uh, herd immunity is also bunk. Because if it doesn't work on the individual level, then it's not going to work on, like, the macro level um, in terms of just, like, we all suddenly get it and then we get over it and it's done. It seems more like this is just going to be, like, the flu, like a constant, you know, rearrangement of the virus's, you know, particularities such that you can never really get 100% like vaccination against it but we like sort of get ahead of it with like you know the next four likely variants from last year or on the other side of the planet we make a cocktail blah 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 and then we're on like a subscription and inoculation service if we you know are like <laughs> into that kind of thing <laughs> um, it'll be i mean the, we've had the flu shot for decades yeah like you go at some people go at the start of winter late autumn early yeah. winter and they go and they get their flu shot and then you know especially people who like live with people who are immunocompromised yeah. who are more likely to die from the flu yeah it's just gonna be in 10 years i i my prediction is that it will just be that you'll go the people who get their flu shot will go in and they'll get their flu and their covid shot and they'll get it right before season. I mean, we see these spikes always happen in winter. Yeah. Um, Except for the giant spike in summer in Florida. And if we're going to well in Florida, if we're going to yeah, like that's just because follow Florida. the trends of like the market. Sorry, um, it's going to be a subscription model. So I guess the question yeah, I have right. for y'all: yeah. Yeah. Are you guys going to get the um, the the Merck Plus, or are you going to get the uh, Novavax um, uh, Go, or are you going to get <laughs> the now. Pfizer Prime? Yeah, Pfizer Prime, um, or yeah. the uh, well, it depends on who bundles HBO. Because yeah. honestly, that's the one I'm not willing to give up. So mm. if Pfizer, if Pfizer Plus, Pfizer Prime bundles mm. HBO and that uh, the new DoorDash. Um, mm gold member mm. status then you know that i'll be willing to pay 150 bucks a month you know what i could see i could see a tie-in with like yum brands where you get yeah, like a right. gift certificate when you get the vax to a free meal of either taco bell long john silvers or uh KFC. pizza hut yeah. or mm -hmm. kfc um and then there's like you know the flip like you know the, the like mcdonald's does a deal with pfizer and you know you get like the there's a syringe in your burger yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> You're just like, yay! Hi again. We are spending the next 20 minutes talking about the Adam McKay film that just came out, Don't Look Up. This definitely has spoilers. Like, the whole thing is spoiled. So if you do not want to hear those spoilers, you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, you can head to one, one hour and 18 minutes in the audio. Like I said, it's about 20 minutes, so you can just skip ahead to the rest of the episode. Thanks so much. Okay, so David Sirota couldn't get Bernie Sanders elected president, so he made a movie on Netflix with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, which I think is <laughs> like it's a, it's a consolation prize. It's okay. I'm getting sold. Yeah, right. You know, instead of a, a Bernie Sanders speech about the billionaires, uh, we get like Jennifer Lawrence being an extremely relatable graduate student, if I do say so myself. Yeah, that's true. Is, that's very know, true. I, I can't imagine 
like a worse person to ride out the end of the of the world with than like your graduate advisor. <laughs> I think it depends. You said this during the movie. I think yeah. it depends on the advisor. It does. I, I it really does. liked my graduate advisor. Yeah, I, I, I but Leonardo I think Dica- had a good time. Leonardo DiCaprio, who does play an excellent like Midwesterner, like a uh, um, like recluse scientist. This is don't look up, by the yeah, way. Don't in look case up. Nobody don't knows look what up. Yeah, the fuck yeah, we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, it's, it's he, a, he's a good uh, uh, sylph. Yes. You know. Yes. That's a good point. Yeah, it, the whole thing about him being like this hot scientist that everybody wants to fuck, I didn't really get. It's just that's what our media does. Right. That's what we do. Is we take we take something serious like the end of the world, like with climate change or whatever, and we like yeah, make but he's it just about like a normal looking guy. At yeah, this but point. people like, people fucking made homosexual stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like, because we live in a also, sick fucking yeah. society. Also, exactly. Also, yeah. there's an app called like Facetune. You can <laughs> <laughs> and Photoshop. You can make anyone look like anybody uh you can make leonardo dicaprio still look good <laughs> oh, i i really like this movie and i've been off the internet mostly so i don't know what the rest of um you know the the discourse uh thinks about it but i i i was i was blown away and i think i may have read it in a much different light than everybody seems to have like we talked a little bit about this um off off mic right while we were taking a break um and i thought that it was a open call to arms to like overthrow our society to uh save um uh ourselves from our uh impending uh collapse of uh our ecosystem um like i quite literally read it that way Uh, i thought it was a call to elect a better president yeah i can see why some people would the story to me i I thought it was just about stopping the meteor Uh, I mean, to me, the story does not point anywhere in terms of, like, a theory of power other than the president. Like, that's, like, there is no other institution. I do not see how it's possibly calling for any kind of, like, revolt. Like, like, uh, like an armed, like, militant revolt. The way I see it is that within the film, the existing structures of power are totally illustrated to be completely insufficient to the task of saving the planet. Not if we had a different president. See, that I could see as being the reading, but the elements that keep the political animal of the girl boss Trump uh, character um, played by, uh, what's her name? Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Fantastically, by the way. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Uh, and jo- and Jonah Hill. Oh. Yeah, oh, jo- Jonah the, the Hill son, did a wonderful uh, job. But the, staff, the yeah. issue yeah. is Jonah Hill had way too much sauce. Way too saucy. Jonah, Jonah Hill has sauce. No, yeah, I'm saying compared, like, he's supposed to be, like, Trump Jr. It's bad casting. Yeah, well, yeah. It, well it's yeah. just like Trump Jr. is, yeah. is not nearly uh, as captivating of a character right. as the uh, as Jonah Hill's son, uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Who, what would be a better casting call? But, the, you I'll know, she's, like, worried about the midterms and some shit. And it's like, this, that's exactly what would happen with a uh, Democrat as well. Like yeah. there's there's no way that like I walked away from it with my at least political lens of you know understanding Americans America's institutions thinking that a different like you know if uh, Joe Biden was the president yeah, but you're like, an anarchist Adam McKay is not <laughs> fair fair <laughs> you but, know like, but, but I think that you know it, it definitely led to that and then it, with the scene at the end where um, uh, Jeff Bezos character or whatever like the Heaven's you, Gate Jeff Bezos yeah yeah, yeah or Elon Musk or whatever because <laughs> uh, is um, explaining to Leonardo uh, yeah. DiCaprio that he thinks he's like this high minded 
minded idealist, like um, trying to, you know, do the right thing for the planet. But all he actually is, is like feckless and scared and run running toward pleasure and like distraction in like this moment of like crisis. And that like he's just giving up his power to people uh, quote unquote above him in like, you know, and letting them just, you know, destroy the planet, you know, like I, I saw it as like the only mechanism that could exist to stop us from destroying our planet through inaction uh, of about the accelerating ecocide is one that is latent one that does not exist, one in, in which we come to the collective understanding that we are all just chasing pleasure as opposed to taking seriously the responsibility of this moment that we find ourselves in. And, um, you know, like overthrowing the power structures that very clearly are illustrated within this movie as being completely insufficient to the task. And like, that's the way that I read it is that it was all very like, it, you know, the, the meaning, the moral of it was subtext. And I loved that the movie ended with like the planet actually being destroyed. Like spoilers, I'm yeah. <laughs> uh, my, yeah Michael Sarah, Michael Sarah would have been oh, the better casting. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that would be yeah. Yeah. Jonah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also uh, got biting wit. I like. Michael yeah, Sarah. but it's really dry and yeah. scary yeah. And, and and goofy. Uh, yeah, I think and a little sad, like yeah, a little yeah. self-deprecating. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, that would have been a good choice. Yeah, yeah. I just I like I, that that he, he's, he's like supposed to be kind of stomped on right by like. The president mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. President mom. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> like, I, I feel like Michael Sarah plays a better stomped on, uh, like, like character. Oh, yeah. I, feel, I feel like that would have worked a lot Mr. better. Andrew. Yeah, also, like, imagine, like, Michael Sarah like, at the end, like, looking around, like, where did you go? Yeah, like, no, nah, that would have that worked a lot better. So Sorry, I, continue. I read it very much as a liberal listen to science patting themselves on the back yeah patting themselves on the back for being smarter than everybody else and for like actually understanding the what the stakes are and that you know if somebody if an adult had been in the room in the oval office then they would have actually listened to the scientists and used nasa and split apart the asteroid and or comet and everybody would have been fine but instead this world-ending catastrophe happened to fall under the leadership of Lady Trump. And I don't really know that it is about global warming any more than it is about the pandemic or about any other like catastrophe. I'm not really convinced that that's like the, the only metaphor that you can read onto the comet. Um, I think that it is a movie about, you know, President Trump bungling COVID and how if only we had had like a real girl boss in then uh, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, because, you know. Because they don't point yeah. to any other mechanism of change aside from the president. They don't point to any kind of, like, you know, they're certainly not pointing to, like, a guerrilla takeover of the of the federal government or the overthrow of corporations. Um, it's just that none of that is there. Not explicitly. It's or implicitly not it's not implied i think it's sort of implied because like literally everything that can exist like the corporate world uh and its power and like the democratic like process and its power and journalism and its power and like all this other stuff like just completely fails which you know but that that doesn't imply that you have to work outside of those systems you you can uh 
uh, reform those systems. And I think that that is ultimately what the movie calls for is reform. Because mm. otherwise the it's planet wouldn't have It's written by a bunch of progressives. Up. Because if the planet, because like if all of those things fail, then it's over and you die. Right. So I guess like maybe that's Adam McKay is not going to write a movie that calls for an armed insurrection to overthrow the government. Yeah. No, like, no. He's going to write not... a movie where like they throw a concert and try and do like a awareness drive. <laughs> and concert, then... What was the name of the concert? <laughs> Just uh, look up. Yeah no, no, yeah. yeah. No. But the concert was also like for real. The save the pla- like definitely save the planet for, yeah. concert or something. Like, it's fucking but, funny. but he will make a movie where they do that and uh, it doesn't work at all. Yeah, that's because it was too late because we had Trump in office. Yeah, see, I th- yeah, this is where I I, I got the they sense split that they, the difference. That, yeah, well, they didn't know what to do with the Jennifer Lawrence character as uh, because like right, Leo Leonardo DiCaprio is getting sucked into the uh, ruling uh, class, the ruling class, and is like, like and and you know, and he like wants to like have sex with the lady from the day from like the morning show or whatever, right? And whereas Jennifer Lawrence just kind of like gets sad and then starts like making out with like uh the... she, she becomes a zoomer she goes from yeah, being yeah. Millennial, she, doomer, yeah. Yeah, she, she becomes a, a coomer yeah. doomer yeah 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 so she like joins uh um uh paul atreides like uh, c- uh street urchins uh, <laughs> uh timothy uh chalamet yeah 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 um uh and 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 she's just like yeah and, and like instead of that what you could have done is that she could have created a, 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 a Maoist insurrectionary cell that was getting direction from President Xi in China. Because, yeah. like, they, they throw that away... Been a cool movie. Right? Because they throw away at the end that China tried something and it all blew up and it just didn't work. Yeah. Which is wrong. Because, like, of course it would work. Because they can, like... The well, no, they, they, they would have totally the made... It worked with the, the Russians. The that, fact yeah. that it was China... <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. Like, find me one more liberal fucking yeah. lot, plot line the than... China and Russia oh, China together. and Russia tried, but they're just not as good as the United States. Yeah. Like, well, come on, the United man. States f- f- fucked up. So, yeah. you know, it's not like they. Yeah, because they had the wrong president. <laughs> no, no, the, 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 yeah, what should have happened is, is Jennifer Lawrence's character creates this in- insurrectionary Maoist cell and sabotages the bash, like, attempt to, to mine the asteroid while China shoots its own nukes into it and blows it up and saves the day. Yeah. That would have been... That would have been cool. That would have been the revolutionary movie. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe uh, Wall Street Bets on Reddit, um, you know, like, sends AMC to the moon. And then <laughs> AMC, like, builds with Nokia, like, a, a moon base. And they, like, use, like, a, an Ethereum laser to, like, divert the comet. That would have been cool, too. The, the, that would have been a revolutionary phys- as the, fuck. They make through techno babble some sort of like physical line that goes up <laughs> and they have to shoot the line comet line go burn into the comet yeah yeah you're like oh you know you know it's a line that goes up forever a space elevator Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i will say though i did find the movie entertaining yep um it was a pleasure to watch yep. it had lots of funny moments the you know i love jennifer lawrence like i love everything yeah, she does, so too. that was fun her me turf too. haircut was great her, it was fantastic yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, i think christy listens to this sorry if everyone is saying that you look like that character with a turf haircut what's a turf that's a turf haircut yeah i thought she like had like the short a, bangs yeah i didn't realize i was turfy and like cut into the yeah into the temples yeah, yeah it's supposed to be as uh, largely regarded 
as a turfy haircut. Yeah. I think that's unfair. I don't know. No, I've seen and, and I, I, with that haircut. And I think it, I think it looked good on her. It's good yeah, she can pull it off. It not everybody haircut. can pull no, it off. Not everyone can. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of turfs can't can't pull it off. And I will say that final scene at the dinner table was exactly how that dinner that felt like very real. That yeah. felt like a very good depiction of what that dinner would be like. But um, no, I do not read any radical politics into it. I found it to be a, an, a profoundly neoliberal uh, criticism of you know stupid Republicans who are ruining the whole world because they won't listen to science. If they had that saved was, the world, I would be inclined to agree with you. If like there was somehow a lib intervention that like worked. <laughs> no, but that's the the whole message is that we will all die if Donald Trump is elected again. Yeah, see, I read it that... We'll all die. I read it that, like, the libs are incapable of stopping it, like, at all. Like, they're just going to throw a concert. I just, and, knowing like, the people fundraiser. who wrote it, that's... Yeah. I don't think that would be their message. Well, because David Sirota and Adam McC- Mostly David Sirota. If, I, if we can pile everything on top of David Sirota, which I, I, seems like he's very happy with the film, because you go to the Daily Poster and he's, like, you know, just... Uh, riding high on, yeah. on, on the film right so you have to imagine like is this the first uh dsa approved movie <laughs> right is it and i would say yes i think yeah. this is i think i think the movie more than just lib i think it i think it hits a mainstream democratic socialist perspective is troy dsa endorsing this film <laughs> yeah yes uh, we have we have not come so out long and endorsed this movie. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, she's wrong we have no but um <laughs> Uh, wow, you have you have overthrown the co-chair of Troy yes. say We're going to have to talk with Mark all, and also, see. Also, my wife, <laughs> uh, no, because it it, it it fundamentally believes in institutions. It those institutions have to be held by the correct people. Um, but and and uh, um, private capital is a bunch of like weird, gross, uh, vaguely child predator uh, cult freaks, right? It's very very. Um, uh, disdainful of the private corporate sector and agrees that uh the public sector will always fall to the uh, fall to their siren song but yes i think Brittany, i agree with you that you're right that ultimately it puts way too much faith into institutions as they exist that you could like harness you could reform them democratic then, yeah. you could you could you could harness uh liberal cap uh, capitalism looked over by uh liberal democracy Right. uh to to save the day uh and only if jennifer lawrence were to head up a insurrectionary maoist cell <laughs> would uh, uh, chris i agree with you <laughs> all right but, yeah, but, but it would be, be nice it would be nice though right like if there was like a re a, a, a large uh or a, a significant portion of people who read into it the subtext that um that yeah, this calls for there's no movement, a revolution. Okay, yeah. after it becomes clear to the world that this comet exists, there is nothing but denialism, right. and the scientists who either fall into making out with Paul Atreides yeah. or uh, yeah. fucking the lady from the bad TV show. Yeah, an like, individuated no, anxiety. Like all the the normal people, they just are like, tell us what's going like, on. Like there's no movement against. Yeah this government in action yeah where we have plenty of movements nowadays to yeah. fight against all kinds of 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 social ills and environmental ills yeah. and that to me is a real fucking failure that you didn't show a single organized body trying to fight like there, this this profound lack of leadership yeah, there's like and, no street mobilizations yeah so there's nothing there's no yeah. protests there's no like not until it's way too fucking late yeah. so that to me is like very um 
very much undermines any possibility for the movie to have like you know revolutionary narrative Ooh, there could have been a really spicy take in the movie that chris you would have hated where you could like have a bunch of diy people like out in the streets like we're gonna take down the comet ourselves through uh direct action and then like uh, uh, blow themselves up or something. That would have like, been like, like, well, that would, underground. That, would, that wouldn't have made me hate it. That would have been that, very yeah. fucking I would, I cool. Have hated that I, I would have loved that. Yeah, I would have been. I would have been down to watch some people, you know, strap some bottle rockets to themselves. Yeah, and some Molotovs and and try and you know but send I mean, that shit up for me. So okay, we and we talked a little bit about this when we did the the documentary doc, documentary. Um, She's using air quotes from. Uh, Help me with the name. I can't remember. I don't the, know what the we're talking about. 17 million part series where it was just bad music and pictures of Margaret Thatcher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really bad at names. And so it's, like now it's Adam, you're getting a real right? behind. Adam Curtis. Adam Curtis. Yeah. Like you, you're getting a real behind the scenes look uh, here. <laughs> I, I, I tend to. Um, and I think that this is partly because I come from media studies. I have a PhD uh, in media studies. Yeah. I read a lot of media theory about how people read texts and hegemonic. You're a bona fide expert. Just, a little bit. Did yeah. you hear that? That's that's Brittany's dick hitting the. Just <laughs> <laughs> whipped it out. Sorry to whip out all my credentials, but I just want to explain where I come from on some of this sure, stuff, sure. which is that like, if a liberal can watch that movie and come away with anything but wow, we need something outside of our existing institutions to solve these humanity-ending problems. Yeah, then it's not about then that. Then I would have some respect <laughs> for it. But it, yeah. but you can't. Yeah. You cannot break... Uh, anybody who is like left of center can watch that movie and basically have the same takeaway as anybody who's liberal and anybody who's progressive, which is, wow, our institutions really need reforming. And that's fine. There's lots of movies like that and they can be enjoyable, but it's not radical. There's nothing inherently radical about this story. Now, there's a process in in our media consumption called encoding and decoding. Sure. And so media are, you know, whether it's a book or a TV show or whatever, it is encoded by the creators with a certain, like, coherent internal narrative and ideological worldview. Yeah. But when you decode it, you can take all kinds of different meanings away from it. And some of them are, you know, there's... Uh, dominant uh a couple there's a couple different resistant, names yeah, yeah. resistant yeah um and that's fine but that says more about you as a viewer than okay. it does about the media object itself. all right fair so that's totally fair totally fair i do want to point out though the planet got blown up yes like the yeah movie, more liberal hair on fire shit about how if we it, reelect donald trump the whole world will literally end. got blown up so that's like the the thing that makes it, in my opinion, different than almost any other like disaster movie. That's to me the thing that makes it the most liberal of yeah. anything in the movie, because it is just one more like hair on fire that if we have the wrong president at the wrong time, everybody will die. Deep impact, the comet hit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, I hadn't seen that one. I don't think there was really anything to take away from it though. Just like, just like and Elijah it, Wood. Yeah. The, the, oh, well, well, nice. because Armageddon had come out, and that was oh a man, mega that hit. movie fucking ruled. And so there was, I, I forgot. They sent the mi- the oil miners. miners. Yeah, <laughs> they did identity <laughs> politics to the to the comet. Deep Impact was a good movie. I, yeah, I it, it was like the thinking person's Armageddon. Yes, for sure. Is it was more about like feelings? 
It was a lot about like relationships and sacrifice. Yeah. And, yeah. and all and mass extinction. Okay, so that means we have to fly through this really important thing that Cindy Doran had her car towed. <laughs> Unacceptable. This level of corruption in Rensselaer County cannot stand. Okay. We so- need to elect the right county executive so that this stuff doesn't happen anymore. So Cindy Doran, uh, Democratic City, or uh, sorry, County Legislator. From Troy. From Troy, went into a meeting with uh, the minority leader, Peter Grimm, also uh, a legislator for Troy. Friend of Democrat, the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> um, uh, uh, they went in for a meeting. Cindy parked her BMW, gotta say it. Drives BMW. Her new luxury Her new BMW. Luxury BMW. As, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, McLaughlin's uh, press Gulley, secretary, or not Jim Gully, Jim yeah. Gordon said. Yeah. So she parks it in one of not two, not three, four, <laughs> four. reserved parking seats for the county executive, big boss baby Steve McLaughlin. Dude, he's got four. He has four. four. Wow. He has four reserved. Parking That's how spaces. you know he's the boss of Rensselaer County. Yeah. Then, then that he, you know, even though he got arrested uh, for uh, uh, doing uh, improper, fraud, yeah, doing fraud, fraud uh, doing some campaign he got a 20, fraud. He gave himself a twenty thousand dollars raise. So yeah. this is also maybe part of the story. Yeah. So this is part of it. I'm going to re- read from the Times Union. Um, it's not a great situation. It's retribution. It's all political," said Doran, who has publicly criticized the twenty thousand seven hundred dollar raise recently given to McLaughlin by the GOP-controlled legislature, bringing his annual salary to. You want to do an over or under, or do you just want to say? I already know what it yeah. is. I mean, I don't guess. know. Yeah, I'm going to guess uh, one hundred and twenty. That's what it was before, and now it is one hundred and forty-two thousand dollars. He makes one hundred and forty-two thousand dollars a year. That's where all y'all's uh, taxes to, go to. To block people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. he does all day. Yeah, uh, McLaughlin received the raise three weeks after he was indicted on felony charges alleging he improperly used money from his campaign account. The the quick and dirty of like how of like what he was doing uh, um, to do the illegal thing is that he's charged with. Um, uh, stealing five thousand dollars from his campaign account, and what he would do is he would ta- he would uh, um, uh, accompany someone that he was uh, um, friends with would invoice his campaign for in this example five thousand bucks. They would take some money, say that they they did something, and then cut a check for whatever they didn't do, and they would hand it to a state trooper. Uh, th- this was in the indictment. They would hand a physical check to a state trooper who said, I don't know what I did. And the state trooper would hand it back to Steve McLaughlin. And they're so, stupid enough that I almost believe him. Right? You know? <laughs> those purple ties get real tight, you know, cut off <clears throat> circulation to the brain. So, um, yeah. So, that that's uh, that's basically what they got him on, which is, re- like, I, I guess that was the most sloppy thing he did because he's, he, he, he does... Uh, uh, we, we've talked about the... the corruption he does in the yeah, light yeah, of day yeah, yeah. right Absolutely, in front where yeah. like you know yeah he he puts a senior center in city yep. station then city station just like directly gives him money contributes money but to that him. level of corruption wasn't enough no it wasn't wasn't enough to feed his uh his four parking <laughs> space ego <laughs> yeah uh, so cindy was very vocally critical of this decision to give him this raise yep. yeah so now she's got a $160 parking ticket that she has to pay to get her car back. And there's no sign in that lot that says violators will be towed. Yeah. 
it just says, you know, reserved for county executive. Um, so she didn't know who t- she had to call the Troy police to find out who towed her car. And she and she also says and, that there's like a uh, because like your parking your your uh, uh, license plate says like county legislator on it. Yeah. Right. Um. And and she said she said that in the past, like people have like politely asked legislators to move because I guess people do park in Steve McLaughlin's four fucking parking spaces probably pretty often because. They can't all be full all the time because we, he, well, he might have guests. four cars. To work. Where are his bitches <laughs> supposed to park? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, this is entourage. <laughs> uh, McLaughlin's um, uh, press secretary uh, had a had a really good line where she, where he said, uh, "Obviously, legislator Doran believes the rules do not apply to her, and that she is able to park her new luxury BMW wherever she wishes." <laughs> Christ continued in his statement to attack Doran for calling police about her missing car, noting she supported defunding police efforts. <laughs> Doran said she may sue the county to recover the towing. Well, so wait, you think that they uh, maybe are uh, given too many of a set of scarce resources? Then why are you calling them when your car has been taken away from you? <laughs> Actually, you know, what's also funny is that uh, traffic enforcement isn't even in is a completely different line item yeah so it's not even part of defund yeah so if we defunded the entire police department you'd still call the police for to find out where the fuck your car went uh and that wouldn't even be a part of the 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 the, uh the defund police thing because they they don't even that doesn't even go into the figure cindy doran has never said defund the police yeah yeah. Yeah. also that sure Um, okay, we got two wildflowers. Hell yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter account has been permanently banned. Oh, is that a wildflower? I, I, I think was, it's funny. I, I liked wa- watching her flop when I was on the internet. Well, she still has her, like, official, uh... She's got a finsta? What, no, no, it's an of- no, she oh, has her Oh, finsta. Oh, she has her official Twitter account yeah. that's, like, related to her office, but her personal one has been banned. Okay, so her, her wild, not on main yeah. account yeah. has been banned. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for COVID uh, misinformation, of course. Well, that'll do it. So, Big Brother's at it again. Yeah. yeah. They don't want you to know that you can shoot the COVID out of your body. Through your butt. Yeah. Well, with a gun. <laughs> with a gun. Put a gun in your mouth. No, nope, yeah, just kidding. Yeah. Just you, kidding. Yeah. No, no, that's right. If you, if you take a gun and you just put it right in your mouth, because that's where the COVID it gets in the back of the throat. So, you want to yeah. right there. I'm going to have to shut this down. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, i'm gonna stop you right there yeah. the whole the whole um everybody just needs to take vitamin c and and work out uh approach uh to covid that's that's i'm plain. dead that's, if that's the case i'm fucking dead just bury me yeah, i'd rather die I, i'm i'm <laughs> choosing to believe in my own you know uh epistemological uh reality that um uh dabs yeah. actually are like the bubble shield in halo right and they completely coat the inside of your lung tissue and you just can't get the virus because like they have you know antiviral properties and that's the um disinformation that i'm going to spread what on if my the virus gets in today. your eye um i guess you gotta dab the eyes too you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta exhale the dab in like a like an astronaut's helmet yeah so that you yeah. really soak the eyes in the gotta take a little bit of shatter and just oh, dust it <laughs> right in, 
But actually, when you wake up in the morning, you know, and you got the sandman, yeah. that's, that's actually yeah, shattered. Yeah, just pour a little, oh. ke- little keef like, yeah, right, yeah. right into your eyes. Or, or, you know, like when in college, you, know, you get the gas mask that's attached to a bong. <laughs> yeah, you know, what? in college, everybody had that. Everybody. No, yeah. Yeah, no, everybody has done a right? gas mask. Um, no, so. you re- I went to your college. <laughs> yeah, what no, are you, you talking about? You, know, you never, you replace the cartridge, you take out the cartridge, <laughs> no, and you I, put a bong yeah, in, into it, I, I, and so, like, your whole head is, like, That is such a waste of weed. Well, you, it also is horrifying, because, like, you're just, like, coughing, and you can't get out of it, yeah. because it's strapped to your head. Yeah. You people are idiots. You bet. <laughs> We did have a we did have a a, a public gravity bong in yes. beat arm. Yes, I, it was I, I, free I, free to all who want to use it. You people didn't clean it often yeah. enough though, which was a problem. I, I like all of those things. We also had like a um a, a beer bong, two story beer bong, uh like a you know it's a funnel in the tube That's that so goes. Gross. Really like, yeah, no, yeah, it's disgusting. I, I, I called all of those efforts the new college school of engineering. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's well get done. to our real wildflower. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so Chile is going communist. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know, I read it and it sounds like they may be going like a Dems- progressive. Demsock. 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 Yeah. yeah. So, so, but like really handsome. Young. Oh, very yeah. handsome. He's Demsock. a snack and a half. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so there's a couple things. One, this guy's 35 years old. He is old as I am. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like shit. Uh, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I, why, why am, you could be a Demsock snack, too. I could, I could, well, could I be a president of a South American nation? Probably. Depends no. on the nation. Well, I don't know. It depends oh. on my political uh, leanings, because as an American, I could become the leader of a South American <laughs> nation if I had certain different... If you have enough CIA <clears throat> connections, honey, yeah. you can do anything. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so Gabriel Bork... His trajectory is incredible. He was uh, the president of the Federation of University Students of Chile, right? Uh, um, From there, he was a congressman, and now he's president. Wasn't he a congressman for like 10 years, too? Uh, I guess that would make sense, because because if you're a student, you know, he's probably 20-something. Finishes that and becomes a congressman. How do you and then be 10 a years congress? Later, getting elected president at 35 is certainly an impressive feat. Having been a congressperson for a decade at 35, for some reason, sounds like an even more impressive Yeah, no, no, I think that is impressive. It's like the Doogie Hauser AOC of, <laughs> of Chile. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, and so, we, uh, so we, we were going back and forth about, like, you know, like, you know he's, uh, about whether he's a communist or a Demsock. But, like, the, the thing is, like, uh, they have to they have to build a coalition, right? Sure. This is a coalition yeah, yeah. work. So, and the, part of this coalition is the Communist Party mm-hmm. in in Chile. Uh, we'll link in the show notes to a, a good um, interview with a, a reputable source. That uh, the interview is not with uh, Gabriel himself; is with um, uh, Bruno Sommer, the founder of uh, El Cuidadno, uh, one of Chile's leading progressive media outlets. But, uh, you know, what, one thing that, that they, uh, they say is, you know, uh, here, here's a question. Ideologically, Boric is, is it Boric? Boric? I, I actually, I've never heard anyone say I don't know. Yeah, yeah. me either. Okay. Wendy, let us know. Yeah, 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 Wendy, please let us know. I would, uh, I would guess it's probably Boric. Boric, yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, is a progressive, but the situation becomes more complicated when we see the array of different forces that form his electoral coalition. Who was part of this campaign? And the answer, which I won't, I, I won't read verbatim, right? But is um, it, it has his former, you know, like uh, students. So there's a lot of students behind him. 
uh, there's also um, his party is called the the Frente Amplio, Frente Amplio, um, and then there and he actually beat uh, uh, the communist. Uh, yeah, in, the in, in a prime, in, in what we would call a primary, as well as a fascist that was defending the Pinochet regime. in the general, and, yeah, in the general, general cast, yeah. um, K A S T, which just sounds like the villain. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, is uh, um, from central you know, casting. He, he, yeah, <laughs> he beat him, but yeah, so, but also in, in his coalition is um, the Socialist Party, the Christian Democrats, which are basically you know like center left people. Um and, and and a few others. So like that's so it's going to be a difficult coalition to to keep together. But what's I, um really important is that this was the year that they finish their um or at least within his term as president. This is when Chile finishes their constitutional convention. Yes, uh, which where they um replace the constitution that has been in, that has been used since the dictatorship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh so um so now they get to actually write a new like independent constitution and, and there was a real ca- fear that caste was going to uh basically erase the what is it constituent assembly yeah, assembly yeah. or something like that which was going to be like the decision making process for writing the new constitution so yeah. it was sort of like one of those oh fuck if if this guy gets in uh that's it that's yeah. it for this process talk so. about a ray of sunshine in 2021 yeah. truly yeah where you know this this um uh popular um leftist uh you know breath of fresh air gets put in power right before the opportunity for it a giant craw- clawback of like social rights yeah. and human rights uh within the country like friend of the show uh wendy sent us a video of people like tens of thousands of people in the streets, yeah. singing tons like you know streets. revolutionary songs like yeah. in social movement songs like in the streets and just being like elated yeah all because they watch don't look up <laughs> uh no um uh yeah and i mean like this is uh you know it was it was the highest turnout since their return to democracy yeah so and um, any one pretty handily is like fifty five percent, sixty percent, or something. Won by like twelve points. Um, I think so. Yeah. It was a really good. Uh, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Mandate. They got a good, yeah. good, yeah. good mandate for it. And I'm sure we're definitely not going to find out that uh, Cast had a bunch of money from like the School of the Americas or something. Yeah, CIA, so. you're on notice. We're watching you. Yeah. Also, All right? also, are you okay? You 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 fucked this one up. Yeah, what yeah. happened? You what dropped happened? the ball. What happened? What happened? <laughs> Don't taunt them. <laughs> or listen to the show. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Thank no, you so much yeah. for... Is there anything else? No. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Iron Weeds. We hope you enjoyed it. It's nice to be back. It is back so in the good saddle. to be back. I did and not accomplish anywhere near as much shit as i was supposed to well, over the last rest? three weeks but i did have some fun and i did rest hell so. yeah you look Hopefully. great you well, look great you. i hope uh sober january dry january treats you well i think it will i yeah. plan to uh drink a lot of tea and hell read yeah. a lot of books yeah. so much tea i do january. january i drink a lot of tea so hell much yeah. fucking tea probably like four cups a day well Stay hydrated. Absolutely. She starts talking in a British accent. (laughs) (laughs) Cheerio. Um, If you want to be like Wendy and uh, send us rays of sunshine. Please do. um, Yeah. 
We always appreciate that. We do. Um, what are the ways that they can get in contact with us? Well, first of all, I just want to say we are reopening Patreon charges this month because we will be doing some bonus episodes, and um, yeah. we're going to find some. We're going to have some good stuff in the hopper for you. Some kind of deep dives on stuff. So that'll uh, start next week. That'll start. It started yesterday. Awesome. Oh, our charges started yesterday. Where's our um, money? bitch but i have my money so um look forward to that and if you have any topics that you'd love to hear on the patreon let us know uh you can find us on twitter iron reads pod you can find us on instagram iron reads pod and you can of course as always send us an email why don't you at iron reads pod at gmail.com thank you so much we love you bye-bye bye-bye peace